This is Devin Green, and you're listening to Forgotten Lakers Podcast. Welcome back to Forgotten Lakers. We're here today with former Los Angeles Laker Devin Green. Devin played for the Lakers in the 2005-2006 season. Devin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, just enjoying some of this Atlanta weather. Oh, yeah. Are you originally, oh, you're originally from Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, from Akron, Ohio. Um, also spent some time in some other cities in Ohio, but um, you know, for the most part, it's it's been it's been Akron. So one of the uh, one of the first questions I like to ask when I get a chance to talk to a former Los Angeles Laker is that uh, how did you get interested in basketball? When did you start playing? And when did you realize that you had a future in it? Uh, man, I've been playing as long as I can remember. To be honest with you. Uh, I was introduced to it very, very early. Um, I had a have a big family, so um, a lot of my family, you know, played sports one way or another. Um, so it was just, you know, it was one of those competitive things that, uh, you know, you just kind of picked up by, you know, being associated. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you know, just just having a big family like that, um, you know, they put the ball in my hand early, and uh, actually, I, I like I love football more than basketball um and I was Did you actually play football in high school as well no 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 I played up until to middle school I played okay. up until middle school yeah but that was that was kind of my first love initially and then um it was funny I was just talking to a friend of mine uh yesterday about this situation I was playing I was playing uh in the sixth grade I had gotten into a little trouble at school and and my mother she um she kept me from playing that year and uh, ever since that year I ne- I just never went back. Uh-huh. But I also saw uh, uh, my my older brother his friend his friend was a really good basketball player and um I was at the game one time he was he was actually, he was actually playing football though um and he you know he hiked the ball and he turned around and you know they blitzed him from the um from the corner cornerback blitzing and you know he kind of hit him from the blind side and he broke his arm (laughs) so i i I remember vividly looking at that like uh man okay i think i gotta make a i gotta make a decision on you know what i'm gonna do from here you know yeah so you know i i made the right decision though (laughs) so uh what was your high school career like i know you played at uh is it beechcroft yeah, yeah, I finished at Beechcroft. Um, oh, finished at Beechcroft. Yeah, I played. I moved to Columbus, Ohio, my senior year of high school. Actually, I played two years in Akron and then one year in Kent. So, uh, you know, high school, it was. I, I was actually, man, I was a very, very late bloomer. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I grew. I was actually I was a point guard from the basically all my life until until I got um, my first year in college. So my first year in high school, I was like about five, seven, mm-hmm. right? I was like about five, seven, and I grew from five, seven to like about six, two <laughs> after my freshman year. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then the following year, going from my sophomore year to my junior year, I went to like from six, two to like six, five. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So I was always a point guard. Um, uh, as far as hitting the scene and getting on the map, um, you know, that was kind of around the same time AAU was really taking off. 
So um, probably like the end of my sophomore year is when, you know, my body started to catch up with, you know, a lot of the the changes that I was going through. You know what I mean? So uh, going from my sophomore to junior year, you know, I was (laughs) – I had like big feet, man. So it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I was like six two, wearing a size fourteen. You know, my <laughs> my shoe was like a fourteen from like, man, maybe my eighth grade year. So I had lost a lot of my speed and stuff like that. I was real long and lanky, and it was just it was awkward, man. So um, you know, I was really excited once I started kind of growing into my feet. <laughs> I started getting my speed back and uh, yeah, and my coordination and stuff like that. So, you know, from that point on, um, you know, I just made it, I made it a point in my mind to, uh, you know, to really, really dominate, man. I always knew in my mind that I wanted to, you know, play at the highest level. But I, I think, uh, you know, from sophomore to junior year, it really started to become like, uh, you know, actual it started to become reality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're talking about growing up in Akron and playing on the AAU uh-huh. circuit over there. I know you're a couple right. of years older than LeBron James, but did you run into him uh-huh. in high school? Yeah, for sure, for sure. We um we actually from the same neighborhood. Um, Akron is not that big, so uh, you know everybody kind of you know came up playing in the same gyms and stuff like that. Um, and you know. I've, as far as his career, man, he's he's done obviously amazing, amazing things. But um, you know, just to see how much work he put into you know into that actual situation, and and a lot of people don't really understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to be able to see him uh, accomplish the things that he's accomplished uh, is is wonderful. Yeah, coming out of high school, you end up going to Hampton University. What was your recruitment uh, process like that uh, led you to Hampton? Uh, it was actually it was pretty strange, man, because. Uh, you know, a lot of people were confused why I went there, but Hampton was the, they were the very first school to offer me a, a full ride scholarship. So back then, you know what I'm saying? They they had, they had the four year scholarships, you know, now they have one year. So it's, you know, it's a lot more competitive, but um, yeah, they were the very first school to offer me a, a full ride, man. They offered me at the end of my sophomore year. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, you know, the coach, you know, the whole coaching staff was just extremely consistent, man. You know what I mean? And they really, they really made me feel like, you know, if I go here, I'm going to be a part of a family. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I think, you know, as a college kid or, you know, you know, I think that's a very important part of your um, development. You know what I mean? Being, being in a family type environment, you know, where, where you can excel. And where you can get better. And uh, for myself, uh, my godfather, uh, he raised me basically from like about 12 to, you know, after, you know, graduating from college. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the biggest things that he always told me was, he always told me like, you know, if if you go and do what you're supposed to do when you're in school, you know, it's the scouts' jobs. It's, it's their job to find you. You know what I mean? So, you know, as much as I, I wanted to go to, you know, a, a higher level, higher level school, at times, um, you know, I think I made the right decision because 
it's all about getting the experience on the floor and, and and developing as a player and as a person. You know what I mean? Sure. So, you know, being able to be somewhere for four years and, you know, I started off four years and, you know, I accomplished some, some really good things while I was down there. Did you guys – so I, I followed the NBA extremely closely, um, but not so much college. And your time at Hampton, did you guys have any uh, NCAA tournament runs or conference yeah, championships? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Yep. My, actually, I went to um, conference championship three out of my four years. And uh, my we won one year, though. We won one year. My freshman year was the big year that we had. Uh, we, uh, we played – we ended up playing UConn in the uh-huh. first round and um, we ended up losing the UConn. They, it was a team with like Karan Butler, Talik Brown, uh, who else was on the team? Ben Gordon. Oh, cool. Uh, Mecca Okafor. Yeah, they had, they had a pretty good spot. Yeah. So, uh, but we only beat, <laughs> yeah, we lost, we lost by like five. It was close. It was extremely close, man. It was a good game. But we had a really good team that year. We beat North Carolina in North Carolina in the first game of the season. That was actually my first college game, and I had like, I had like 17, 18, something like that. I can't remember, but um, it was just it was an amazing experience to go into, you know, into the Dean Dome, my first college game, and just come out with a win. You know what I mean? Oh, I can't imagine, yeah, going to that type of environment, your very first game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was cool. Um, so you went undrafted in the two thousand five NBA draft, and had you? Uh-huh. Worked had you worked out with the Lakers previously, or what was the process that led you getting signed after being undrafted? Uh, to be honest, with you, I did. I did work out with the Lakers. Um, I worked out with the Lakers. I worked out with Denver. I worked out with uh with Phoenix, mm-hmm. and um, the Lakers was that was one of my best workouts. But it was like the weirdest situation ever, man. It was crazy, man. The night because I got there the night before, right? I get there the night before, and somehow, you know, I don't know, my agent's phone was messed up, and I didn't get the contact information from um, from him before I left from the East Coast flying to West Coast. So when I got there, it was no point person, like, waiting for me or anything, so I didn't actually stay in, in the hotel that, you know, that the Lakers uh, had, you know, had ready for me. Or, you know, that they usually have ready for, um, you know, people that they're about to draft or whatever. So mm-hmm. I ended up I ended up staying with a friend that um, <clears throat> that I grew up with. I ended up staying with a friend the night before. So I'm, like, on pins and needles because I don't know where the facility is at, anything. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm up to, like, 3, 4 in the morning. And then finally my agent called me at, like, probably, like, 6, 7 in the morning. And finally gave me like all the details and stuff like that. So I hardly got like a, a good night's rest and all that kind of stuff. But I had I had a wonderful workout, man. It was crazy. I guess it was just like all on adrenaline, you know. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean it was a situation where uh you know, they were talking about drafting me, you know, for whatever reason it didn't happen that way. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm extremely thankful for uh, you know, them giving me the opportunity to be able to uh come and showcase my talent on that level. So when you go to those types of workouts, is it mm-hmm. like the coaching staff watching you? Like the Mitch Kupchak, like who was there at that time? Uh, everybody was there. 
everybody was there. I think that's kind of like a tense time for, uh, you know, for management and stuff like that, just trying to make the right moves um, and, you know, make sure that they're headed in the right direction as far as, um, you know, trying to assemble a championship team. Um, in my honest opinion, you know, it was definitely a rebuilding situation. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had like four four rookies, you know what I'm saying, on that team. I think we were the second was, youngest team in the league. Like, it was crazy. So, um, yeah, you rookies with, uh, I guess, Andrew Bynum and Roni Turioff? Yeah, and Von Wafer. Oh, and Von Wafer, too. Yeah, he's actually in China, man. I talked to him maybe like – actually, I saw him out in China uh, maybe like in October. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was cool to run into him. Um, you know, I try to keep in touch with as many people as I can. Yeah. Because at that time, we were all so young, and, you know, we just had – we had like a good bond, you know what I'm saying, because everybody was just kind of like enjoying the experience and – uh you know, just just being young, just being young and having fun and just, you know, enjoying the game. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, so I love to uh, to just keep in touch with everybody and see how everybody's doing. You, may, you end up getting invited to training camp, making the team. What was your uh, what was your first impression of uh, Phil Jackson in that training camp in preseason? Oh, man. You know, it kind of goes back to that family – that family environment that uh that I was talking about that I had experienced at Hampton. Um you know, we our our first year the first year that I was there, uh we had um training camp in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we obviously we left the LA area and uh we were out in I think it was Waikiki if I'm not um mistaken. But uh you know when we were out there it was like <laughs> it was so dope because all of these players that you know former players came and were like participating in the actual training camp you know what i mean it was like uh james worthy magic was out there uh even i think scotty pippen was on he was on the coaching scott coaching staff for a uh for the um for training camp mm -hmm. and um you know just just being able to pull from those guys um you know just the knowledge that they had about the game and that they had about life it was, I think it was priceless, man. I mean, <laughs> for me being able to be like a small forward type and then Scottie Pippen right here, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. Like, and, and Phil was like, he was really all about, you know, he was like really on those guys about sharing their experiences with us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking at it from, from hindsight, uh, you know, Phil is, is definitely one of my favorite favorite coaches that I ever played for like he taught me so much like about the game about you know about the mental part of the game I think a lot of times a lot of times people forget about that and for all the players that have played under him I think uh you know by the time you're under or by the time you leave from him you know you start to look at the game in a different way mm -hmm. and um uh, that's what development and that's what coaching is all about. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've been really blessed to even after I played for him, you know, I played for some, some, some great coaches too. You know what I'm saying? I played for Popovich, uh, Pat Riley, mm -hmm. uh, Dan Tony. So, you know, and then I, I also had a chance to play for Kurt in, uh, in Minnesota when he took over, uh, at the, uh, oh, Kurt Minnesota. yeah. Yeah, so it was cool, man. It was cool to be able to start there and then, 
be able to compare like all these different philosophies from all these great, you know, these great coaching minds. Um, so that 0506 season individually mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant's highest scoring season, uh, in terms of yeah. 35 points a game. And, uh, sure. and you guys were, you know, up and down year, I ended up with like 45 wins. So you went 45 and 37, mm-hmm. but when you guys are like, you know, I've just always thought about this when you guys are sitting on the bench and you have one player who is, you know, having scoring nights like that every night. I mean, uh-huh. is it kind of like a mixed feeling for you where you're like, oh, I get to watch one of the greatest players ever, but at the same time he's shooting 35 times a game? Like, uh, how do you kind, right. of handle that kind of environment? Like, what is that like for you guys? Um, I, I mean, I think it's different for for every player. Um, in my in my case, uh, you know, I actually it, – it was frustrating for me because I'm like, damn, I want to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, you, you know, I kind of approach the whole situation as, I got to get ready, you know what I'm saying? Because that's exhausting, man. <laughs> like, I don't know if people really understand that, like, how physically exhausting it is to have to score 30, 35, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every night to have a chance to win a basketball game in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? When you play, like, you know, you play 82 games a season. Yeah, you're playing plus, the best players in the world. Plus the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, physically, it's just, that's crazy. So, for me, it was like, I'm frustrated. I'm like, man, I want to get out there and help play some defense, something like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Get some rebounds. Like, I want to contribute to the whole situation. Like, so, uh, you know, everybody doesn't look at it like that, but that's how I kind of modeled my whole little situation while I was there. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be one of these guys they talk about later on. as like, that was the help, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, you know, really contributed to, you know, to doing other things that were great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, obviously I didn't get that chance with them. So, uh, I mean, but you know, that's how I approach every day. Uh, sure. You know, with my training and stuff like that is always, always continuing to, you know, push yourself to get better until it's, you know, until you, until you take those shoes off for the last time. Going into one more part of Kobe's season that year, he had that 81 mm-hmm. point game in January versus Toronto. When he checked right. out, you were the guy who greeted him off the court, gave him a hug and you were the guy replacing him for those last few seconds of the game. Um, right. So what do you remember about, I guess the locker room after that game were, was everyone excited or was like mixed emotions? Cause again, you know, it's just the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history, but you know, he shot 46 right. times. So like, how, <laughs> what was the locker room like? Man, uh, honestly, I don't remember the locker room vibe after the game. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I remember like bits and pieces of like I, that night, I mean, Kobe was always, he was always a player that I looked up to, you know, he's great, everything, you know, everything that, you know, that he deserves. But for me, I mean, as a competitor, it's like, from that point, I was like, I it, I like really understood what he was all about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes, you know, he catches a lot of, uh, a lot of flack for, you know, shooting a lot or yep. whatever. But that night, it really registered to me, like, this guy really believes that he can beat the other team by himself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was like, 
know, I, I had it like I don't know. It changed. It changed my whole perspective of you know how I viewed the way that he played the game. It wasn't. It from that point on, it wasn't so much like a selfish thing. Like it was like this dude wants to win that bad that he wants to score the the whole other. He wants to outscore the whole other team. Like if this team is losing, you know what I'm saying? Because like if you go back and look at that game, like like at the beginning of the game, we had just came off a road trip, and I remember like Phil was talking about how important it was to to win this game at home against the East Coast team, and it was like a big game because we were trying to get like in the eighth spot. We were trying yeah, to get yeah. like the eighth spot in the uh, in the West. So, uh, you know, we came in. You know, that was kind of his pregame speech. It was like. Yo, like, we can't lose to, like, no Eastern Conference team, and this is, like, a real important home win. And we had just came off a, a crazy road trip on the East Coast where we lost some games that we weren't supposed to lose. But he also had that amazing performance in uh, in Dallas where he had, like, 61 and, like, three quarters or something like that. Oh, yeah, and he had then, 62, and the Mavericks had 61 at the end of the third. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that situation happened, and then – you know, it all led up to this this whole <laughs> – it was a movie. It was basically a movie. So it was like, you know, we come in, you know, Phil is talking about that, and then, you know, we come out and we're playing terrible at the beginning of the game. Like, I want to say we were down by, like, 15 at, like, halftime. Yeah, but yeah, in the, definitely were. Yeah, like, in the midst of all this, like, he's not missing anything. <laughs> like, it's – it was crazy, so it was like uh, LeBron Prophet. We were kind of like on the bench, and he was like, you know, he was kind of pointing it out. Like he was like, "Yo, Kobe, you know, he hit that, hit this," and then you know he started getting into it where he was talking to um, Rick Fox was at the game, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, him and Rick were, you know, they were going back and forth, and you know, they were. It was like. It was like he was in his own little zone. Like it was, it was like nobody else was out there. But he was like, Rick was over there, and Rick was like, "Yo, you, you know, you won't, you won't pull it from right there. You won't pull it from right there." And he would come down and one <laughs> dribble, pull up. He was like, "Oh, is, is that far enough? Is that far enough?" So they like talking back and forth, like on the court. We're over there laughing. We're laughing because, but it's kind of like serious too, because it's like. Dang, like this dude is not missing. Like he's shooting over three people. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, when you look at it from a different perspective, he was like listening to Phil. Like, yo, we cannot lose this game. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just like how you know how focused and how tuned in he was to getting like getting that mission done. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. That's uh... and it was like. Oh, no, I'm saying I was going to say, like, after that game, it was like, man, I was just sitting there, like, in amazement. Because at the end, it was like, oh, this dude just really did that to win, like, for the win. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, like that's so – it's so crazy to me thinking back on it because I'm like – because me and LeRon, we were very, like, <clears throat> you know, high IQ type players or whatever. So, yeah. And with, with him being older – then me, you know, I kind of, I would look up, you know, I look up to him as far as, and I still talk to him to this day, um, you know, a, a lot of basketball talk, you know. Oh, so cool. he's like, you know, he's like coaching me on the side and I'm like asking questions and because 
for me, it was like, uh, <clears throat> you know, I always watch, especially when I was in, I knew that I had to become um, a really good scorer, you know what I'm saying, in order to, in order to stay alive in a pro in a pro ranch, you know what I'm saying, and that wasn't necessarily my game foundationally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was really like a, I always had like a pure point guard type of mentality, you know what I mean? But I know like once I moved to the three position, like that's a scoring position. So once I had made it to the you know made it to the NBA or whatever, I would always look at like the top scores and like break their games down. So. I mean, we have Kobe right here, you know, in front of us every day. So this is like lessons, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we're sitting on the bench and it's like LeBron is like, okay, did you see, you know, did you see how he read that? And da da da, you know, you see how he's getting to his spots on the floor. And, you know, it was crazy. It was like, it was like a, a master class, you know, up, <laughs> up close and personal. But um, And LeBron's coaching yeah. now, right? Or he was coaching with the Magic, wasn't he? Yeah, he was coaching with the Magic. He was doing uh he was doing player development down there for like about two or three years. Um, but I think now he currently works with uh, with Brand Jordan. Oh wow! So he's, yeah, he's doing some stuff with Brand Jordan. I don't know if he's uh if he's a scout or I, I don't know exactly what his position is, but I know he's working for Brand Jordan. So I know you went back to training camp with the Lakers the next mm-hmm. year, the seven year, and um, right. in a way, it kind of. I, mean, I was trying to put my – when I read that, that you went back to training camp the next year, but, like, you know, without uh-huh. a guaranteed deal, I was thinking, wow, so right. he must probably feels like he's auditioning for, like, his own job, you know, a job that he's already had before. I was just going to ask you, like, you know, how do you approach that when you're, you know, auditioning for a job that you've previously held and that, you know, other guys are now gunning for? Like, what's your mindset like at that time? Man, for me, it was like – to be honest with you, man, I was, like – I was so far – like, my mind was so far ahead of everything. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I was, <laughs> I was thinking like this year I just want to be, I want to be an all star or something. Like, I want to, I want to really like have a breakout type of situation. I wasn't even thinking about like making the team or all of those little cutoff points. And mm-hmm. my mind was like way above. Like, I stayed, I stayed in LA the whole summer, worked mm-hmm. out at the facility the whole summer, and uh, man, I just had like. <sighs> amazing games man i had amazing games like my my game from that rookie season to the following season was just it was so dope like just look at i mean just thinking back on it now mm-hmm. um i just totally changed into a different player you know what i mean but like a lot of that came from like i said those type of experiences like being able to talk to kobe every day and just be able to talk about basketball with different people and having the man just unlimited access to these great players mm-hmm. and Laker family. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are always popping in and out and, you know, just having a good relationship with the management, um, them believing in, in me and, and, you know, in my work ethic and stuff like that. Uh, it was, it was, it was a real cool situation because, um, you know, that summer I actually had Phoenix, they really wanted, they wanted to sign me. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't have the option on my contract, the Lakers, they still were like, oh, you know, if you want to go work out, you can go work out with them. Like, and I, I thought that was like super cool. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it was dope because, yeah, man, I ended up flying out there and worked out with them. Had a great workout. But I think they ended up signing uh, or they ended up drafting like uh, Orlando, Orlando Tucker that year. So I don't know if they knew if they were going to be able to get like another wing or whatever. But, um, you know, I just I always have like a really good rapport with uh, with the management and the coaches and stuff like that. And, you know, I just really try to keep like a positive attitude, um, you know, going into that year. And then Kobe had knee surgery prior to the season. So, you know, we really got a chance to get out there and like play a lot that summer. You know what I mean? Sure. So uh, just, uh, you know, for that summer and that preseason. And, uh, and I played really well, man. I played really well. They actually, they were trying to make some moves, but they couldn't make the moves in enough time. So it was like, I mean, looking at it from a business standpoint now, it was like, all right, why would we keep two players that might not play that much and then pay, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At, at the time, I was like, hey, I was hot. I was yeah. bad, but, um, you know, <laughs> I think I was still... They brought in Radmanovich and Mo Evans and um, yeah, yeah. They brought in some other guys, yeah. yeah. But it was uh, it was actually between uh, it was between me and Aaron McKee. And Aaron oh, McKee yeah. was like a big, he was a big mentor uh, for me. And actually, from talking to him uh, later on, he was like, "Oh, I was telling him like y'all should keep Dev, y'all should keep Dev, and just keep developing them." You know what I mean? Because even when I look at it from a from another from another standpoint, like they ended up bringing in Trevor Reason. I mean, we kind of have similar type games, you know what I'm saying? Sure. When you look at it, you know, but I was already, you know, I was already there and already like implemented into the, to the system, already in the system. But, you know, that's, that is what it is. It's not a regret or anything like that. They make from a business standpoint, but, um, but I still, like I said, I still, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for, uh, or being able to go through those situations. So you go on to have, I know you went into a few other NBA training camps, a few stints in the D-League, mm-hmm. but it seems like most of your career since your Lakers season has been spent overseas. All the experiences that you've had overseas, how do you think that has, you know, influenced your basketball career and for whatever you're going to do, like, post-career? Like, have you enjoyed your experiences overseas? Uh, Man, it's been up and down, to be honest with you, man. It's, it's uh, that part... <laughs> that's when it kind of turned into like a roller coaster. Really? Um, yeah, because like, man, you you know you you set your you set your mind on you know this situation. And, you know, as far as being an NBA player, you accomplish that, especially coming from you know what I'm saying, like a small school like Hampton. Mm-hmm. And now you're in it, two feet in it, and now it's taken away yeah you know what i mean and it's like and and not only are you in it you're you're in it with one of the most prestigious uh franchises in nba history yeah and all the sports (laughs) right so me being you know what i'm saying like me being from from ohio or whatever I, i can't actually say that i really understood how popular the Lakers really were, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, until I got out there, like, I'm not a West Coast dude, so it's like, you know, my team is like the Cavs, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, that's what I grew up on, Cavs, Knicks, Bulls, you know what I mean? Everything was pretty much East Coast, so um, I didn't really understand the uh, the importance of the, the whole Laker tradition uh, 
until, you know, until I got there and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like we got fans all over the place. Like it's nuts, man. So um, <laughs> just the support that we had and, you know, just being in a city like LA, um, you know, and all the opportunities that that presents you with, um, you know, going from that situation to now I'm not in it at all. It was like, oh man, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do, man. I was like, oh, this is crazy. And I went from, uh, you know, I went from that situation and the first team that I played for was in, uh, in Germany. In Germany. Oh, yeah. It was in Cologne, Germany. Yeah, it was in Cologne, Germany. And, you know, I, it was my first time ever uh going anywhere internationally so i was like spooked you know what i mean i was like oh man i don't know how this is gonna i the, i always have people laughing because i'm like the closest thing that i knew about international anything was the show mr bean oh, yeah. <laughs> do you admit you remember mr b i don't know how old you are but no no like, yeah yeah definitely yeah. yes i remember that show so, uh, yeah i'm thinking like oh man i'm about to be over here with me like all these mr beans like oh it was crazy so yeah i was like telling my agent like man i don't know about this situation man i don't think he knew that that mm -hmm. I, that i didn't have you know because i mean the internet was it was okay but it wasn't like it is now to where you could like research all this stuff you know what i mean yeah like, yeah totally. so quickly you know what i mean and kind of like see what it looks like and stuff like that so i'm like getting on the plane and i'm like oh man this is about to be crazy i'm thinking it's about to be people with like kilts and all this dumb stuff you know <laughs> so i'm like oh shit, man so you know i get on the plane and you know like back then you know it was just you know it was no skype or nothing it was just like email was just kind of kind of getting to a point to where it was getting you know on, on a mass level sure so i have like everything written down like you know and like the team over there they're like oh yeah you know once you get here you know what i'm saying like you're gonna fly into frankfurt and then you gotta take the train to i'm like what yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> crazy i'm like what are you talking about like I, you know I didn't, i'm like i don't speak the language or anything you oh, know what i mean <laughs> i fly out there from la because i had still lived in la for like I ended up staying out there maybe for like two years or something like that. So I yeah. lived out there. And then, uh, so I fly from LA to Germany and we, I, we touched down in Frankfurt. You know, I lift the little, the, you know, the window thing up and, um, you know, I see uh, these buses and everything and like Mercedes Benz. I'm like, look, I'm looking at the airport. Airport is all, you know, state of the art. I'm like, oh man, this is this is kind of dope, you know what I mean? So yeah, you know, I get in the airport and you know, it's 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 crazy, it's a nice airport, people speak English. I'm like, oh man, this is not bad. So I ended up, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, asking people for help on, you know, how to take the train or whatever. It was like an hour train ride, I get off the train. And, you know, there's people there to uh, to pick me up from the um, from the train station out there. But, uh, you know, from that point on, it was just crazy, man. It's just been, it's been a roller coaster, man. It's been some good situations. And uh, in some bad situations, some some really really crazy situations. So hey, that's life at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's not, oh, yeah. it's not always going. Yeah, it's not always going to be peaches and cream, man. So you know, it's all about adjusting and um, and you know those experiences. I, <clears throat> you know, later on, I think you know they'll help me with like different things that I want to do. Definitely. Um, so I know you just were playing in Argentina. Um, do you have mm -hmm. your 
you have your next team lined up or you're just kind of waiting to see what develops? Uh, man, you know, the one thing that I had to realize maybe like a year ago, I'm getting old, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like, even though I don't feel it, I'm like, I'm getting old. Like, this is like, you know, I it, it's crazy too because I'm like, when I watch ESPN and stuff like that, and they be laughing at like D Wade. They're like, oh, you know, he's 35 and da da da. And I'm like, sometimes it doesn't register until like later on. But I'm like, damn, I'm 35. Like, yeah. <laughs> what they're talking, you know? I'm like, what they're talking about right now? Like, but yeah. I don't feel that way, you know what I'm saying? But you know, perception wise, it's you know, it it's kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, you know, the the phone is not ringing as much as it used to. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's. it's it's a process, man. It's a process. And, you know, I, I just take it, I take it as a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my, uh, my goal is to play for two more years or whatever. So, you know, I think, you know, God willing, you know, no injuries or anything like that, stay healthy. Yeah. I think, you know, 37 is a, <laughs> is a solid year to kind of like cut it off. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> I'm out there, like, uh, you know, with a head full of gray hair, like, I don't want to be that guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Uh, old out here playing yeah i don't know if you know tier brown i did an episode with him and he was telling me a lot of the same things about you know the phone's not ringing so much anymore and he's just trying to figure things out yeah i don't know him personally but i uh it, like we we definitely have like some mutual friends and stuff like that but um mm-hmm. i think i'm i don't know if i played against him maybe one time over there but really? uh but yeah yeah i mean i know he's had uh he's had a pretty uh pretty extensive career as well um, yeah, I got one just, one last question for you, if that's okay. Right. I'm looking at the uh, complete roster for the 2005-2006 Lakers, including you. There are 17 names that played at least one game for the Lakers that year. How many of those okay. can you? 17 guys that played. Including... Okay, that played at least one game. I'm pretty sure I can name everybody that I played with. Um, the guys that came in before. Uh, let me see. Uh, definitely Kobe, uh, Lamar, Chris Mim, Devin George, um, Sasha Vujic, uh, Von Wafer, LeBron Prophet, Andrew Bynum, Aaron McKee, Jim Jackson, uh, man, Brian Cook, Kwame Brown, Smush Parker. Oh, and this is, you said 0506, right? Yep, 0506. 0506. Uh, You've named 13 uh, so far. 14, including yeah. you. Okay, 14. Uh, like Radmanovich? Um, Radmanovich? No, Radmanovich was the season after you. Oh. I mean, he, he, would, he, would, he would have been in training camp oh. with you in the second training camp. Right. Okay. Luke yeah. Walton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke was there. Uh, dang. Uh, uh, dang. Let me see. Where, where am I? I'm at 15, right? Yeah, uh, you need two more. Two more people. Golly, that's crazy. That's killing my brain. I'm going to be thinking about this all day now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, who else? We mentioned one of them earlier in the podcast. We mentioned one of them. Damn. Man, I don't want to take all your time thinking about this, man. No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Dang, I think I might be. Oh, Ronnie Turioff, of course. Yeah. Right, one of my best friends. I don't know how to get about him. Um, yeah, that's the one we mentioned. So there's one more. Right. He, he was hurt most of this year, most of that year. Oh, 
Oh, no, I already said Lamar. Uh, it's going to piss me off, man. But you, you, you might <laughs> you might have to go ahead and tell me, man. You ready to throw in the towel? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Slava Medvedenko. Oh, Slava. Yeah, okay. Ah, <laughs> man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Dang. He's Slava, yeah. Because he ended up leaving. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah. I think when they cut him, I think that's when they brought in Jim Jackson that year. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely right. Dang, I almost had him, though. Almost no, you did good. You did good. A lot of guys yeah. uh, definitely missed more than one. So, yeah, you, that was good. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, Devin. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, it was cool getting to hear your basketball story and definitely about your time in L.A. So, um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Thank you, man. And I wish you the best of luck on your podcast, too, man.